Hey guys, we are here today um, continuing on with our mental health series and we are talking to Marcy Camarillo, who I'm enjoying getting to know. So welcome. Thank you. I'm Um, glad to be here. We just want to take a minute to get to know who you are Mm -hmm. and where you're from and what your background is. And uh, so can you share with us a little bit? Sure. I live in Northwest Arkansas. I have um, spent time in full-time ministry. Um, My husband and I were uh, Salvation Army officers for 14 years, Mm. and it definitely benefits um, what I do today, definitely. So you say what you do today. Yes. So that's perfect because tell us, what do you do today? Um, So I had an epiphany about 14 years ago, Mm. and, uh, you know, the Lord really spoke to me about using the skills I already had um, to give that back. Mm. Um, I went to grad school and uh, got my master's in counseling, Mm. and so I'm a mental health counselor. Um, I'm also a play therapist, and I'm licensed to supervise the new uh, counselors Mm -hmm. and those in training uh, for play therapy. So I do um, numerous trainings. So you're a busy woman. It's busy. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear all of that because Mm -hmm. you come to us right at the perfect time (laughs) because uh, we're really enjoying this series on mental health, and I think it's really, really important and it's so nice to get a perspective from a professional who's been connected in some way to the church as well. Mm-hmm. And so um, welcome. We're really excited that you're here. And I know that today we really kind of wanted to start or really dig into um, the mental health of adolescents and teenagers. And when I was researching a little bit, I, I read that in the past decade that clinical depression among adolescents, I guess you would say probably 12 to 17, has gone up mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yes. And um, I'm just wondering what your experience has been with that. Is that something you've seen in practice? Is that mm-hmm. something that... Yes, definitely. Um, the last year and year before that, um, before I, I was an administrator, I was a clinical manager, mm-hmm. and I also had a caseload. Right. And I did a lot of hospital discharges. Mm. Um, they were all adolescent right. between 12 and 17. Wow. Uh, with a variety of experiences. Mm-hmm. Some of them had um, experienced a lot of home distress. Right. Uh, some had had um, multiple factors impacting why they ended up at the hospital. Bullying, mm-hmm. um, distress at school. Uh, with schoolwork, academia. Some had emotional issues that had started very early on in childhood. All of them had trauma, Mm. everyone. I'm wondering, I know it's difficult sometimes um, to gauge what is normal, Mm -hmm. hormonal adolescence versus actual um, depression. I, I was reading that out of all of those teens, who do suffer serious depression, Mm -hmm. only about 9% actually get treatment. So when I interview parents, um, I'm trying to get a baseline of what the last Mm -hmm. normal was and then discuss the changes that have occurred. So uh, with depression, if we're seeing symptoms that have lasted more than a few weeks, Mm then we're starting to consider, okay, this may be something related to their mental health and not to their attitude. Mm. So that's part (laughs) of the difference, having an attitude that 
um, parents don't like right. um, or teachers don't like, that that's not necessarily depression. Sure. That could be that they're learning about themselves and learning right. about the world. Yeah. Um, in the teen years, they're gaining independence. Mm. And that's what we want for them, right. for them and from them, yes. is um, their display of independent skills. Mm -hmm. So uh, when we see a veering from that, um, if children uh, or adolescents display symptoms that are a little bit more troubling, their, their conversations change, they right. withdraw, um, they may appear to pull back from interests that they had before. Right. Uh, eating may change, sleeping may change. That's when we're, adults need to be concerned about that and checking on them. And so I'm thinking from a parental perspective, because yes. I have at one time mm -hmm. um, had five teenagers in my house, and I know that, you know, um, sleep yes. is a very valuable thing right. for them. And so, you know, gauging between what is normal and what is not mm -hmm. um, sleep-wise and what is normal and what is not is difficult. So it it's is. good to, it's helpful. So this is true of all of us. Yeah. Um, there are levels of sleep that mm -hmm. we all need to achieve um, <laughs> from the others. cradle <laughs> to the grave. Um, but for teenagers, they're actually in their last growth spurt, mm -hmm. uh, physical growth spurt. And right. so they, they all need more sleep than they realize, yeah. probably need between eight and 10 hours, right. which is more than an adult. And in the world we live in, that does not support that right. many hours of sleep uh, with screen time and all the technology around us, it's yes. difficult uh, for them to unwind just like for adults, it's yeah. difficult. 100% of all the teens that I did these interviews with who were hospital discharges mm. had sleep disturbance. Mm. And so the brain is not able to function. We have plenty of research mm. that um, supports uh, the necessity of sleep for proper brain function, just like rebooting a, a computer. And it's just not happening for a lot of people. We're tied to our telephones. Yes. And I'm wondering about the impact on that. You know, as adults, we can, we can sort of manage that. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering about the impact on the adolescent brain. Um, and I'm thinking about things like um, Instagram. Mm -hmm. that paint such a perfect picture. They're mm -hmm. all looking, my daughter, constantly looking for the perfect picture. Mm -hmm. And they're all watching this happen. Yes. Um, and thinking that everyone else's life is perfect. Mm -hmm. And then it opens up a world of hurt for people to comment and say whatever they'd like because there's this level of anonymity. And yeah. so I, I'm wondering about the impact of social media yes. on yeah. depression and anxiety. For sure. Adolescents. Um, yeah, our methods of communicating um, are more complex in mm -hmm. some ways, and yet they're more shallow in other right. ways. And so reality is uh, not the basis mm -hmm. uh, on which um, adolescents may make decisions about themselves Correct. and others and the world, <clears throat> and that can be dangerous. Um, the way their parents interact with them right. and, and interact with social media is important. 
think parents are the starting point for yes. that, setting yes. some parameters around that, modeling it themselves. Mm -hmm. They have to practice what they preach for the, before the kids will buy into That's right. it. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. So you're, what would you suggest for parents just at this stage of life as far as allowing for independence, but also maintaining the structures that it seems they need? So outside of modeling it themselves, some very strong conversations, yeah. expectations that start super early, long before adolescence arrives. Right. Um, if parents haven't had conversations by then, um, it, it just becomes so much more difficult. Yeah, I've seen right. children addicted mm. to um, technology mm -hmm. and um, don't think that it's not like drugs and alcohol and other oh, things, sure. that it is very much like that. Um, so that conversation with them very early on and the relationship, mm. the relationship right. will win the day. That's right. It's super important. I've heard it said that um, discipline without relationship equals rebellion. I've often mentioned to parents when I consult with them about their children mm. that in essence they're not raising children, right. they're raising adults. People. That's right. Yeah. And so thinking about what the end result is. Yes. Values. Mm. Values. Parents uh, not only um, establishing values in their home, but communicating those values and then living them out as a family. Mm. I'm curious about um, the connection between parental mental health and the mental health of children and adolescents. Is there a connection there? So I, I would say that parent mental health sets the stage for the child's good mental health. So good, strong mental health. Now, it is on a continuum. Sure, it's on a continuum sure. because um, we all have had seasons mm -hmm. of rises right. and falls in our mental health, just like anything right. else. Yes. I've had the flu how many times in my life? And That's so right. have experienced some uh, anxiety. Yeah. I've had a couple of times when I've, I've experienced depression. Now I can look back and say I'm thankful mm -hmm. to that I experienced that. So right. I can know yeah. the physical uh, symptomology and say that I really know it because right. I experienced right. it. I think it would, I, I would think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that it would be valuable to model that in life we have seasons. Yes. I, you know, um, I think sometimes maybe in the church, yes. what we portray or what we expect is, is happy perfection, mm -hmm. um, in particular with teenagers. And, uh, you know, praise and worship and we smile and sure. we raise our hands and we're dressed nicely. And yes. I, I wonder if, if that's a disservice sometimes. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we can have conversations at home or in the church with our own children about, yes, this is life. You know, mm -hmm. it's okay. It's normal to experience mm -hmm. deep sadness it in is. life because, you know, look at Scripture. Yes. You know, look at David and yes. the Psalms. You can hear it all over there. So I think, I wonder what your perspective is on that in regard to modeling yes. normal ups and downs of life mm -hmm. and how we deal with that in the church. Yeah. Uh, the conversation has to be there. Yeah, I think so. It yeah. needs to be there. After a tragedy or in the midst of a trauma, um, we'll hear people say, I wish I'd known mm -hmm. I could have been helpful right. or I wish I'd known how to help. Yeah. It is important that we open up the conversation and keep it there. 
you know, have good, normal, honest, deep conversations with one another. And I think maybe when we do that as adults mm-hmm. and as leaders in particular, then we're modeling for adolescents that it's okay to be broken, that God yes. works through brokenness, God yes. works through broken people. It's Absolutely. all over scripture. Yes. Um, that it's okay. Yeah. I would love to see that. happen in churches everywhere that we can have honest conversations and kids could only benefit from that yes don't you think oh absolutely i'm reminded of of the old testament scripture that says morning lasts for Mm. the night but joy Joy comes in the morning that's right and so if we're going to live biblically yeah um presenting the whole gospel the whole counsel of god's word um people suffer and people struggle and it's absolutely okay to do so that's right that's where god meets us totally yeah agree and i think also the redemption of your pain and your story is by sharing that and it creates connection with other people you know to remove that stigma of mental health that i think still exists i think it's probably getting better but the more we talk about it i think the better it's going to get Secrets yes. keep us stuck That's right. and sick. Yeah. And so being able to incorporate uh, one's experience into a narrative, yeah. into a story, there's nothing that we have experienced yes. that the Lord cannot uh, touch mm-hmm. and be present in. Um, I so often feel the Spirit of God uh, in the counseling room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it feels like a holy place many times. Yeah. And I know that I sit in the sacred chair mm. as I um, listen to the stories of others. What is your perspective on how we can go from here? Uh, everyone does have a story. Yeah. And, and so I think about the gospel. Mm. The gospel is the story yeah. of God's love and redemption for people. That's right. And that is akin to our story. That's right. And so just like... God's plan for us. Our story has ups and downs and twists and turns. And some of those turns are traumas Mm. and disappointments and surprises. Yeah. And some are good and some are not. That's right. And so, but it becomes, it all becomes part of, of who we are and that's okay. Yeah. So secrets can keep us stuck and yeah. yet we are people of transformation that's right we can be transformed into um, who God wants us to be in the here and now right not perfect no but healed that's right or in the process of healing and uh, that displays his glory that that supports um, the significance of of the church and what the church is to do that's right it gives opportunity for us to live in community that's right and um, to live out the gospel message that even though uh, we were in one condition Mm -hmm. one state through healing touch through a healing word through transformation we can become transformed into this person. And that's really, that's the basis of most therapy Mm. is I'm here and I'm evaluating the process of getting over 
to hear. We are overcomers. We, are. we can do that. And also, I just keep thinking to myself that conversation builds connection. Yes. Connection builds community. Yes. And Absolutely. so I love that idea. I've enjoyed my conversation with you. Oh, thank you Marcy. so much. It's, it's an been honor. It's so much fun.